heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your Game Master. This week, One Shot is going to be featuring an indie system that fans of Fiasco are sure to love called Protocol by Jim Pinto. I got two improvisers who have a podcast of their own to help me out with it, and it is a great show. But first, I've got some exciting news about what's going to be happening this week and next week. Coming up this Thursday, I will finally be releasing the bloopers episode that I've been talking up so much on the show. I plan to have that episode out to you guys a lot sooner, but Kat and I have been extremely busy, mostly in coordinating new episodes of One Shot that you are going to love, and cutting together our brand new podcast, which will be premiering very, very soon. But back to the matter at hand. I wanted to inform you guys that next week on Monday the 15th, there will not be an episode of One Shot. Now I can hear many of you already crying out in woe. Why? Why will there not be an episode of One Shot on Monday? That's because the release date for that episode is going to be Wednesday the 17th. You see, Kat and I met a lot of really wonderful people at Gen Con, and one of them is Robin Laws. You might remember him as the man who designed my favorite role-playing system of all time, Feng Shui. Or Feng Shui, as I sometimes pronounce it. I got a chance to tell him how much I love his game and what a great impact it's had on our show. After I talked to him a little bit more about the show, he made me an offer I couldn't refuse. He was nice enough to send over an advanced copy of the Feng Shui 2 rulebook so that we could produce an episode to launch in conjunction with his Kickstarter. It was an amazing opportunity. Feng Shui, as I've said before, is my favorite role-playing system of all time, and it's one of our most beloved series. I didn't say anything about it before because a lot of stars had to align in the right ways to make this episode exactly what I wanted it to be. Thankfully, I was able to get everybody in the original cast, including Chris Sims, to return to the show to produce another episode. And I'm happy to report, this very night which I am recording this, we finished that episode. So, on September 17th, right alongside the Feng Shui 2 Kickstarter, One Shot is going to be releasing its Feng Shui episode. If you weren't lucky enough to be able to participate in one of the playtests Robin ran, this is the best way for you to be able to understand the system before you put your money on it for Kickstarter. After running it on the show with a great group of friends, I can guarantee you guys that this is a great game. It's even better than the original, which I loved more than every other game. I cannot express my approval of this game more heartily. So look out for next week's episode of One Shot on Wednesday, September 17th. And with all that out of the way, let's get to the show. All right, everybody, let's meet the party. First up, we have with us somebody who you'll recognize from our X-Men episode. It's Brandon Shockney. Hi. Welcome back to One Shot, Brandon. Thank you. I'm so glad to be back. We're doing an episode that's just a tiny bit TV themed today. Mm -hmm. uh, And you have a podcast that's not a new podcast, but certainly a new-ish podcast. Yes. Uh, you yeah. want you want to tell us just a little bit about it? Sure. Yeah. Uh, it's called How Rude, and it is the Full House podcast. Me and John Pernasek deconstruct each episode of Full House with a guest, mm-hmm. um, and kind of go over the different 
themes and lessons that we've learned okay. uh, and these tropes and these characters and also find out a little bit more about our guest. It's super fun. So if anybody in our audience has trouble, you know, relating to their family and dealing mm-hmm. with family issues, perhaps they could have like a distilled version of Full House injected into their system. Sure. I have a, a morbidly curious question because I haven't gotten a chance to listen to the show yet. Mm-hmm. Are the podcast episodes longer than the actual episode of Full House? Oh, quite, quite longer. <laughs> you have, you have to really dig deep, okay. James, into the nuances of Full House. Um, there's a lot of meat there. Oh, yeah. And sometimes not. And who, who is your favorite Full House character? Oh, that's a very good question. I'm going to have to go with, Current, I think it's going to change as the seasons go. It's going to change. Oh yeah. Uh, right now, show. right now, I think I got to go with uh, the middle child, Stephanie Tanner. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's throw over to our other guest. Surprise, surprise, John Pernisek. Who's that? Oh, is that me? <laughs> yeah, it's you. It's oh, you, hi. buddy. And you're on. You're on. <laughs> yes, it's me, and, John Pernisek. Character. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, we obviously couldn't get John Pernasek. He's a little bit too famous for the show, but we have right. somebody who's playing the character of John Pernasek. Mm-hmm. Just tensile strings h- hanging from my wrists. Just, <laughs> I'm being manipulated <laughs> from above. Beep boop. By the actual John Pernasek. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Hello. It's it's very nice to be here. Thank you. Uh, John, with that weird introduction. I can go weirder. <laughs> what, what is your, who is your favorite uh, Full House character? Well, she's not really fully coming to her own as of yet, but Kim and Gibbler is very much on the scene, mm-hmm. and she's not as smelly and awful as she will become, but <laughs> okay. she, she's definitely getting there. She's she's just learning the ropes at this right. point, but make no mistake, Kimmy, is a, she's a smelly girl, and no one likes her. <laughs> And I, I respect her for that. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, with that, let's uh, let's actually meet the characters that we're going to be playing for this game. And I'll give a little bit of the background setting. A horrible plague has struck the United States, and it has reached the point where the CDC has forcibly quarantined the entire country. Everybody, no matter where they were at this time of quarantine, is now stuck living there until it's been declared safe for people to move around again and first up brandon uh who's your character um my character is named bart tanner and i am a high schooler went to uh richmond high and uh <laughs> you have fast times there yeah yeah um i am currently an intern for a, an upcoming tv show so it's like a, a summer internship right mm-hmm. yeah Trying okay. to uh, prepare myself for college, kind of bump up those yeah, credentials. Yeah, you, you got to get those extracurriculars. That's right. right. John, uh, who, who's your character? My character's name is Eddie Dozer Gibbler. Dozer is his nickname. <laughs> he is a 53-year-old man. He is working both as a consultant on this new show, mm-hmm. and he uh, is able to do that because he is a union uh, factory worker, and he is also very experienced when it comes to uh, working on television sets. So not not television sets that you would find in your living room, but the, the set of a TV show, I should say. Okay. So he's, he's very experienced, I should say, in hanging lights. Mm-hmm. Doesn't know how they work, but he knows how to hang them. Hang them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Makes sure it they will not fall. Right. They yep. may not turn on, mm-hmm. but they certainly won't fall. That's another guy's job. <laughs> and my character's name is Jeff franklin and uh for those who don't recognize jeff franklin was a writer for full house uh the creator the creator, the creator yeah <laughs> uh 
So he the, he is uh, actually working on a new television show, and he was having the set prepared when this quarantine hit, and he was trapped in the warehouse where they were filming it with his crew, or at least his intern and his authenticity consultant. We should say that the name of this sitcom that they were prepping is Nuts and Bolts. Yes. Nuts and Bolts. Nuts yeah. and Bolts. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, with that, uh, we'll start the game. Uh, and the way every version of the plague in protocol works is it always starts with a vignette. And that's, uh, once again, for our folks at home who don't know the different types of scene, a vignette is a scene that is mostly silent and environmental description. Uh, so it's up to one of us to jump in and just describe this warehouse. Uh, we see rows and rows and rows of dusty shelves. Um, the camera sweeps over them. You see a small area that is lit up. This is mostly a dimly lit room. And you see a couple craft services tables that have been dismantled. The tablecloths, uh, the plastic tablecloths have been taken off them and turned into makeshift bedsheets. Uh, people are laying around on piles and piles of t-shirts for Nuts and Bolts, the upcoming sitcom. There are tons of boxes on these shelves. There is a lot of camera equipment around, um, and there are boxes uh, that are marked uh, by the CDC, and they look like boxes of rations. Um, and you see uh, three people who are just sort of rummaging through the boxes of rations. And with that, Brandon, it's your mm -hmm. turn. The way protocol works is you are declared the director right now. So you will draw a card and you will assign a scene that can either involve your character or involve one of our characters. And you drew the four of hearts, which is an interlude. An interlude is a scene between two characters um, and only two characters. Okay. It is a radio transmission that's being sent out. So you can decide which characters you want to attempt to send a radio transmission. Okay, I think I want to choose Eddie Gibbler here mm -hmm. and me to attempt a radio transmission. All right. Okay. Hey, uh, Eddie, you're you're uh, look, you're you're good with this stuff. I think this this radio's uh, kind of acting up. I was yeah. hoping we could we could maybe send out a message or something. Yeah. Well, well, well. Little apple cheeked pie boy wants to. Okay. Wants to get a little help from old, all right, from old Eddie. Eh? Okay. Well. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. That's what? fine. I'll, I'll help you. Uh, I don't. I don't know jack all about radios. I don't know. I don't know why you would think I know about. I know lights. I don't. I know. I just thought you're you're a machine type of guy, and this is an older machine. Hey, Pro hey, hey, what? hey! I'm not that old. Okay. Okay. You're. I've been around the block, but that doesn't mean I'm ready to take off my boots. Okay. All right. See, that's such an old thing to say. That oh, was such a, actually, that was such an old thing to that's say. A, that's a good sign off for me. That's a good actually. Now that I think about it, I like this. What at the end of the radio transmission, I'll say, "I've been around the block, but I it's not time to take off my boots." This is Eddie Dozer Gibbler saying, "Help, help! Come on, kid. This is gold. Okay, turn on the radio." Yeah. Okay. Look, no, I think I got a couple. Uh, it's it's lighting up, so I don't know if that means it's recording or not. But we, I guess, we should try it. 
We should attempt sending something. Oh, here's an, here's an idea. Uh, adjust the, uh, uh, set it to 48.3. That's a, it's an old CB radio uh, signal from my friend, Mac. Okay. If he, if he's out there, he'll, he'll be able to, uh, no, look, don't, don't okay me. Okay. okay? Uh, Mac look, knows what he's doing. Okay, great. I'm sure your friend Mac, like, uh, can do it. Like, I, I got it set. Should we, should we do this? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, um. Introduce me. Introduce you. Yeah. Come on. And here's... Do it better than that. And better. Presenting... Here we go. Eddie Dozer Gibbler for a rescue message. Hello, hello. This is me, Eddie Dozer Gibbler. So hopefully sending out a message to Mac. Mac, I know that you got the guns back. I know that you got the guns back. I'm, I'm cashing in my chips, Mac. I need you. I need you to come in. I need you to bring your storage. I'm sorry, wait. Uh, bring I'm your guns, have, Mac. Uh, no, I'm going to have to interrupt. Hey, hey, hey. man. Hey. Uh, you want to bring guns here? We're like shock jocks fighting on the air. No. This is fun for me. No. It's not, yeah. It's not a shock jock, whatever put, that is. Put my hand on your throat. Look, no. Eddie. Yeah, you Mr. Right. Dozer. What, whatever. <laughs> yes. I like this Mr. Dozer. Why do you need guns? Look. I don't care what they say after a hundred days. This ain't going to be over. It's only going to be the beginning, kid. You should know. You should know that this world is a dark place. It's dark and cruel. <laughs> and scene. Uh, so that, that was a great interlude. Um, with that, uh, it's now your turn, John, to uh, draw our next scene and be the director. Okay. I have a jack of clubs here. Jack of clubs. And I will point out as I am pulling this up that... Uh, as the director, you can sort of set up sort of what you want the scene to be about. Oh, too. cool. It is a vignette of chaos. Oh. Is there anything I should know about setting that up? Are there any, like, uh, guidelines for that kind of scene? No, man. That's exactly as you want to do it. Just be aware that uh, we're, we're sort of limited by the amount of characters that we have. But okay. apart from that. Oh, the, actually, the one thing I should point out about Ooh. the vignette and the, the limitation on that is vignettes are, once again, uh, scenes that don't involve acting so much as they involve a detailed description of the environment yes. or maybe of what people are doing. Oh, perfect. All right. Okay. So uh, I would love to hear a description of just the immediate vicinity around this warehouse. Like if we could cut outside, what, what's, what, what does that look like? Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, do you have an idea for that or, uh, um, I, well, I just imagine there's this, like this, the sun is kind of like beating down. It's like super, super hot. Like one of the hottest days of the summer. Yeah. You know what? And I'll say that, uh, for tax reasons, they're filming in Arizona. Mm -hmm. So it's one of the hottest summer days of the summer in like Phoenix, Arizona. So it's 112 degrees. And this warehouse is obviously not air conditioned. Yeah. Outside, you actually see like a lot of warehouses. Uh, this is a, like a normally pretty busy industrial park type area. There are a bunch of cranes. There are a bunch of cherry pickers around. Um, but you know, the streets are abandoned right now. So there's a bunch of trash just sort of blowing around mm -hmm. in the wind. There are plastic bags that are melting down to the, the black top surface of the roads. There are tires that are bursting out there. It's just way too goddamn hot. 
There's also, I think I want on the outskirts, there's that, this very eerie image of someone that's kind of like been melted into the street. Oh, like yeah. they, they had the sickness, they died and they're, it's so hot out that they've been out there for so long that they've kind of fused with the street. Oh, gross. Yeah. Have we mentioned what the name of the disease is? No, we haven't. It, it, the name of the disease we should say is Brown Betty. Brown, it's Brown Betty. Betty. That's the CDC's official name for this disease, mm-hmm. uh, which is, of course, it makes sense. It mm-hmm. just makes sense that they would pick that name. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like at the end of it, um, the skin that like your skin like flakes off, but then underneath there's like this kind of you you take upon this like kind of wooden look. Ooh. Like that's the you sort of look like jerky. Yeah, yeah. And then if you're out in the hot hot Arizona sun. That jerky just becomes goopy pudding. Uh, yep. Soupy goopy pudding. Soupy goopy, goopy pudding. Goopy. Goopy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> goop, goop, goopy. And if I may add uh, something to this mm-hmm. description of the, of the outside world. You're the director. There are, uh, there are just three uh, hooded figures, and the, they're walking in a straight line, and uh, they're sort of going up and down the aisles of these warehouses. Mm-hmm. And one of them just has like a small – it's not a gong, but it's, it's a trash can lid – that he is sort of beating with some sort of like stick or like blunt implement. And you just sort of get the sense that it's this odd, it's this trio that's sort of enacting this. I don't know if it's a ritual or there's like <laughs> just sort of doing the rounds, but there's something, there's something to that, I think. Yeah. You know what? I think I'll, I'll, I'll layer on top of that. They're, they're beating the gong and you see somebody dart. Uh, from between one of the buildings and the three hooded figures see that person. They start ringing the gong really loud and chasing oh. after that Ooh. person. Oh, yeah. Creepy. Stories beyond the story. Huh? <laughs> we don't know. We're just dummies in a warehouse. <laughs> I don't know. All right. And with that, I think that clears up the vignette. So we'll move on to the next scene, which is going to be another interlude. This is about safety in numbers. I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna do this scene with Brandon's character, Bart Tanner. Mm-hmm. Hey, Bart. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hey. Um, so look, I just want to check in with everybody sort of sure. on the set. I know there's a tense time. Yeah. You're kind of the leader. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I just want to make sure that you're feeling comfortable. I know we heard the gongs again today. Yeah. And that can be scary sometimes. Yeah. No, it was. Um, it sounds like they're getting closer. They are getting closer. At some point, we got to prepare for them to sweep through this warehouse. Okay. Okay. So I just, you know, we've, we've seen three hooded figures going up and down so far. So I just, I just want you to know that. It's got to be a safe place where we rely on our numbers, where we can trust everybody. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of that, um, I, I had this really weird exchange with uh, Dozer, with, Eddie. With Eddie? Yeah. yeah. Um, you want me to tell, tell, tell me about it? Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he wants to bring guns. Wow. He wants to get guns in here. And I, I don't know how good of an idea that is. Right. Right. The idea of someone like Eddie, Eddie with guns. Exactly. The idea of somebody like Eddie with guns right. is scary. Yes. Because we can't trust or rely on Eddie. Mm-hmm. We've got to rely on the numbers that we can count on. Do you understand what I'm saying, Bart? Yeah. Rely us. on... Yeah. Rely on us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, when Eddie brings in his guns, because... 
you know, I, I haven't worked with Eddie too long, but one thing I know about Eddie, if he wants guns, he's going to bring, he's going to bring guns. Okay. We got to make sure that people that we trust have the guns. Okay. Well, you can count on me. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad that this is very clear. You're, you're such a, you're such a good kid, Bart. Oh, Mr. Franklin. I can't believe they wanted to take you out of the intern program. That's well, just I know. Well, ridiculous. That's three strike policy is too harsh. Exactly. I think I was thinking, you know, why don't we look at it more like you didn't, you didn't cause a strike, you know, when you, when you dropped the bowling ball on mm-hmm. Sophia Figuera, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's, uh, more like a it's ball. An accident. Yeah. It's an accident. You were supposed to move that bowling ball. It's not like you were playing with it. Right. You know, alone, you you were supposed to move it, and you just, you dropped it. That's a mistake. That's human. That's mm-hmm. a ball. Yeah, that's a ball. That's a ball. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. That's, uh, I, I'll, I'll keep, I'll be your, your right-hand man. That's, that's great. That's, that's so great, Bart. Okay. So, we'll move on to our next scene. Brandon. All right. It is a Jack of Hearts, which is a chaotic interlude. Mm. Okay. Um, I would like to see that uh, between um, Franklin and Dozer, uh, if possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is uh, him kind of confronting Eddie about... Uh, their status within the larger group, mm-hmm. like where they both stand within. Camp right. down races, sing this song, dude. Uh, da, da. Hey, oh. hey, Eddie, uh, Eddie, Jeff, how are you? Me. How are you holding up? Uh, I'm, I'm doing fine. I'm doing just fine. That's, hey, that's great to hey, hear. Let's that's do great our, to hear. Let's do our handshake, huh? Uh, let's do our secret handshake. You know what? I really feel like, especially. With the uh, skin-based nature of Brown Betty, it's best if everybody kept their hands to themselves. All right, fine, 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 fine. I'm, I came here to bring you your CDC rations Ooh. for the day. Uh, so it looks like we got a, we got a Slim Jims. We've got some Slim Jims in here. Yeah, definitely going to eat that. Yeah. Um, and it looks like saltine crackers again. Oh, no milk pudding? No milk pudding. Oh, I like that pudding because it tastes like milk. Yeah, yeah, isn't that isn't that great how they do that? You don't come and see me anymore, Jeff. Look, I, I've got a lot of, you know, we got to secure the raiders are out there every day banging their trash can lids. I know, but don't worry about that, Jeffy. Don't worry about that, Jeffy. I got a, got a big, big, big delivery coming, wink. Big got delivery a, coming. Yeah, coming, wink. Let's explore that a little bit. Oh, no, armchair therapist here. Oh, boy. Listen, Eddie... Dozer. Yeah, yeah. Dozer. That is what I prefer. I, I, I heard just through the grapevine. Bart. No, not, not necessarily Bart. You rearrange the letters in grapevine. What do you get? Not Bart. <laughs> that is not an anagram for Bart. Well, I don't know what an anagram is. <laughs> okay. That's rearranging the, you know, that's besides the point. There are whisperings, little birds on the wind. Oh. Saying that uh, you've been using the radio for personal calls. Hey, hey, no, come on. Bart came to me. He said, "Let's let's send out a message right. through the radio." Right. And I'm not about to uh, take any dictations from a little snot-nosed apple cheek pie eye kid. Right. Okay. And uh, first of all, first of all, just here's something that you should know about Bart. Okay. Can I tell you something about Bart? Yeah. 
But P.S. It's guns. I'm. He probably told you. Like we we could get that out in the open. Well, I'm well, bringing. Bart, Bart didn't. No, I, I'm not necessarily saying it was Bart that said anything. Yeah, Bart told you I was having guns brought into the warehouse, and that's because we got to protect ourselves, Jeffy. We got to protect ourselves. Look, I'm I'm just as worried about the raiders as you are. I just feel that. Even though we're in this nice big warehouse, we only have a little bit of electricity. Yeah, and we true. only have a little bit of food. And I feel like guns are just going to be a complexifier that we don't need. I was working on this episode. Mm. It's a very special episode of Nuts and Bolts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called and Safety in Numbers. I saw the cover, I saw it's the cover page. Safety in Numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, somebody brings a gun. Into into Mister Weatherson's home. Oh, yeah. Oh, and you can imagine that didn't work out too well for everybody. Well, no, Mister Weatherson's character—he's very anti-gun. I know that. Me, yeah. not so much. Not anti-gun. Me. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I noticed that. I noticed that. Can Joe, I tell sir. you something about Bart, real quick? Just side I note. I feel like this is an awfully Bart-oriented conversation. Yeah, I know. Everybody, everybody's talking about that Sofia Fargara. It, that, that yeah. incident with Sofia Vergara. I, I, you know, I saw that, right? I, I actually saw what happened. Okay. Boy, the boy, the boy threw the bowling ball at her face. He's obsessed with her. He wants her. Okay. He wants her off of himself, Jeffy. All right. He's a sick kid. Okay. You and me, though, were like two bonds together making a bigger bond than they would be if they were separate bonds. You get what I'm saying? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Eddie. Secret handshake. Dozer. Secret handshake one two up above oh, okay down, oh we're low. going up now yep. all right and it's okay. round all right this is the part where i shake my hips <laughs> oh, oh and i'm right. writing a short poem did not need to see that too and okay. that is the end short the handshake. that is that is elaborate you're you're so imaginative if you don't want guns in here jeffy no guns wink <laughs> i do not like that you winked yeah, it's just a thing I like to say. So let's just just say that one more time. No guns. Wink. N- oh, I thought you wanted me to say it again. No, no, I didn't want you. Uh, Please okay. don't. No guns. Period. No guns. Knowing I roll to the sky. Okay, that's the best I'm gonna get. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and scene. Uh, <laughs> next up, uh, that is John. John. Okay, I am pulling a card and showing the card. Oh, it's Queen of Clubs, which is a vignette. We're getting a lot of vignettes and mm-hmm, interludes. Mm-hmm. And that is an internal conflict vignette. Interesting. Okay, so as the director, I get to... Mm-hmm. And this is a two-person... Uh, oh, this is an abstract. This is an this abstract. Is the, yeah, this is like environmental oh, stuff. Uh, okay. And I'm sorry, what was the... What, what Internal you, conflict. Internal based. conflict. Okay. Uh, I would like to see... Uh, I'd like to hear mm-hmm. a description of uh, Jeff Franklin's subconscious. <laughs> Just like what's what sort of three layers below the, what the public sees. Okay. Okay. Uh, so th- there is a mechanic for that, but there, I'd see no reason we can't also make it a vignette. Uh, so... Uh, the, when you pull a joker in this system, you actually just have a monologue. Um, oh, okay. But what I like here uh, is, I, I think I'm going to give Jeff a dream sequence. Great. Uh, so Jeff is waking up in the Tanner household. Uh, one of one of the Tanner children runs into the room. Daddy. 
Oh, oh, hey, Daddy. Jessica. <laughs> Daddy. I feel funny. What's what's wrong, sweetheart? Daddy, I feel sad. And her face starts to discolor and crackle in the way that it does in rapid form for Brown Betty. No! Jessica! I created you! But not to be like this! Not to be like this! And her face melts away and it's Dozer beneath. Countdown races sing this song. Do da, do da, Camptown races five miles, five five miles long. Oh, do da day. And then there's an image of the sky turning red, of the Golden Gate Bridge suffering an earthquake and falling into the sea, into a sea of guns that just swallows it up. And the there's a uh, repeated banging of trash can lids as hooded figures march through the streets. And he wakes up to trash cans banging outside the the warehouse. All right. <laughs> now we'll do... My scene, it's another queen, an internal conflict, and it's another interlude. <laughs> an internal conflict interlude. Mm-hmm. So I am going to say that this is ripe for uh, Bart and Eddie uh, because Eddie found out through the grapevine that Bart uh, ratted him out about the guns. Well, well, well. <laughs> What? Look, I'm not... Caught you with your pants down. Yeah, no, come on, get out of the bathroom. <laughs> Caught you with your pants around your ankles. Okay, well... Well, well, well. Not anymore, so. Little body. Look, what do you what do you, what do you, you want, Eddie? Little body, body, Tana. You know what you get when you rearrange bot? The letters in bot? Stool pigeon. That's what you get. You don't... Yeah, they do. You don't know how anagrams work. I don't know what that is. Oh, well, it's when you rearrange. Never mind. Come with me into this stall. uh, uh. I need to talk to you for a second. Like, I need to talk to you, too. Okay, you go uh, Rock, paper, scissors. Who goes first? Rock, paper, scissors. Shoot. Yeah, fuck. You go first. Okay. Okay. Um, Age before beauty. Hey, uh, you know. Age before beauty. I just wanted to say, you know, I know we've had our differences. Many. uh, But uh, I've seen how you strike up conversations um, with some some of the, no, no milk pudding. Thank okay. you. Uh, with some of the, uh, like actors and like Sophia, uh, women on the set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was just wondering, like, uh, like how, how you, uh, how you do that. You, you want to, you want advice on how to interact with women? Uh, no, no, just like the actors. I'm telling you, but Sophia is like 40 years your senior. It's mm-hmm. not going to work. But that's what makes it so hot. But she's a TV star. Did you see her on the Emmys? Did you see her on the Emmys? Yeah. She's a she's she's not on a pedestal. She is the pedestal, but mm-hmm. but so you're saying there's a chance? Yeah. Well, let me tell you this, but I'll make a deal with you. Okay. I'll give you advice on how to interact with Sophia that doesn't involve throwing bowling balls at her face in an impotent childlike rage, mm-hmm. and then exchange. Maybe you'll uh pass along a little uh little sneaky snickety snick. Huh? A what? That's a union term. It means a fib. A little sneakity snick. 
You want me to lie? Yeah, boy, I don't want you to lie. To Mr. Franklin? Yeah, a truth for a lie. How about that? How's that sound? Think about Sophia. Think about her back arching. Uh, yeah. Maybe she's reaching back behind her for some reason, which people do never. Uh, <laughs> Maybe she's arching back for a box uh, of milk pudding. Uh, and oh, it spills on her. Don't bring milk pudding into this. Okay, please. fair enough. Uh, she's reaching for some jerky sticks. Uh, and she's okay. so pretty, pretty. Mm. Body, body. Where's body? Uh, Here's what you do. Is it a deal? Okay, okay. it's a deal. Talk to her about the beach. She the, loves the beach. The beach? Yeah. Do all the research you can on the beach. Use that encyclopedia set in Jeff's office. Oh, yeah, okay. And while you're there, yeah. while you're there in Jeff's office, yeah. maybe you could put this in Jeff's office. What is that? It's, uh, it's just a nuts and bolts t-shirt that's covered in, uh, ketchup. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Maybe you, uh, maybe you put it in the trash can underneath all of his gross Kleenexes that he has in there. This doesn't smell like ketchup. Shut up, bud. We have a deal, don't we? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. gave you the advice. Okay. And okay. now you're going to tell a snickety snick. Okay. <laughs> if anyone me. asks you if you put that goddamn t-shirt in his office, the snickety snick is, No, I'm bought. That's my impression of you. I'm bought. I no, didn't do it. I'm bought. I didn't do you it. You don't have to say I'm bought. No, I'm me. I didn't do it. Get out of my face. I got to piss. Okay. Th- th- thank you, Mr. Mister Dozer. I'll be your right-hand man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And scene a snickety snick, eh? Snickety snick. Uh, Brandon, yeah. you're up. All right. Here we go. Six, Six of hearts. hearts. It's another interlude. interlude yeah. This is amazing. I shuffled this deck several times. Uh, this is... A symptoms interlude. Ooh. Okay. Um, so I think this scene, um, and this needs to be between two characters. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think this scene should be, uh, between, um, Franklin and Eddie. Hmm. Um, and this is more, uh, Eddie. Uh, trying to uh, throw off the scent by pretending to maybe make amends with any potential conflict just to secure his his role in within the group. And he kind of interrupts Mr. Franklin, who was maybe lathering something on his arm. Camp down races, sing this song, do da. So Franklin is like squatted down in like the little tent in the set bathroom that they have why why do they have a bathroom on set um but he's like sort of giving himself a rough sponge bath just like really trying to scrub and clean himself mm-hmm. he's looking at an area on his hand that's slightly darker than the rest of his body is like a what he's trying to remember if he was sunburned there mm-hmm. a couple of days ago but uh he just doesn't know and of course eddie is singing which we heard yeah just seconds ago he, he he enters the bathroom and he, he Jesus. Sees oh God, uh, Dozer, Dozer, Eddie, what yeah. what are you doing here, Jeff? My God, your skin, you got the brown Betty. No, no, it's probably it's probably nothing. I you know I still wouldn't uh, I still wouldn't touch anything. Don't worry about me. Don't worry about me, Jeffy. Eddie, I'm not gonna tell anybody. Eddie, I am nude. I know. 
I really don't feel comfortable having this conversation or any conversation with you while I'm here. Take my shirt here. Yeah. No, yeah. no, that please. Eddie, take my Eddie, nuts and bullshit. Eddie, just take it. We just established that nobody should probably be touching anybody or anything. Oh, come on, it'll be fun. You'll be I'll, like Donald Duck. You'll be wearing a shirt, but no pants. I'll wear my own clothes. Thank you very much, Eddie. I'll Jeff, wear my own clothes. Your secret's safe with me, buddy. It's not a secret. We don't even we we don't know. It's probably safest not to jump to conclusions. Do you remember the episode of Nuts and Bolts from season one all the way? Like, all the way back in the pilot, mm, the yeah, yeah, first yeah. lesson that everybody learned is not to jump to conclusions. Yeah, that's true. But your skin is flaking off and you're slowly turning it's into a wooden-like flaking, person. So it's not it's, flaking off. Yeah, I have, well, my hand is slightly dark right now. There could be... You're also rubbing milk pudding into your skin, which is a rumored way of sort of holding off the disease. We all know that. Uh, yeah, you exactly. Have, yes, Daddy, I'm trying to be safe. That's, the CDC gave us that milk pudding for a reason, yeah, and that yeah, was yeah. to rub it on her skin, not to eat tale. it. Yeah. You've been eating the milk pudding. Look, 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 look. I have a long list of what is and is not a wife's tale. And for someone who's had six wives, I think I know what I'm talking about. Okay. 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 I've been fired from many a job, but I know what a wife's tale is and is not. All right. I and love milk pudding, by the way. Jeff, <laughs> we we all know my wife died in a tragic accident. I know, I and know, that Jeffy. provided me with the emotional drive to create Full House, one of television's yeah. most beloved yeah. sitcoms. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Jeffy, uh, I, you've been through a lot. Your wife, wife died terribly. That was many years ago. I've yeah. made my peace with that. And then at one point, you had that breakdown because you you came up with an extra an extra character. Je Je you came up with that extra character, Jessica. You, you know, we thought. That we could. You thought season it. nine was coming, so yeah. you thought you could maybe fit in a new Tana. Yeah, but uh, they took that away from you, and so it's like Jessica died, right? I know more about you, Jeffy, than you could ever know. We have, a, we have this deep connection, face to face. We've only known each other for what, two months? Who found you for this show? Oh, uh, David. You know David. Uh, uh David. gay, uh, gay guy. Uh, wrists, Gay very David. thin wrists. Gay David. Gay David. Yeah. Actually, David. he's the only one that likes calling himself that. He David doesn't allow other people to say that. What? David Goyer? Yeah, David Goyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Terrible with last names. But yeah, he sent me up with the job. Uh, he, I, don't, I have no idea why. Seriously. I have no idea why. I'm not a very good at All what right. I do. Eddie. Yeah. Thank you so much for your concern. Hey, Jeffy. I just want you to know one more thing. What what is that? Who's my Who's my pup? I don't know what that means. Did you ever play that game? No. <laughs> is that oh, a game? Yeah, it's a game back is from when I was game? a kid. I heard that you grew up around the same area, two states over. I, I cannot possibly believe that's true. It's a true. game that two people play. I grew up in California. It's a game that two people play. Mm -hmm. And when they see each other from a crowded room, they mouth woof. And then they know that the other person is their pup. It's not really a game so much. It's just sort it's of an, a, it's an assurance. Okay. It's a moment that two people right. can share. I'm going to ask you to leave hey, well, the bathroom what? area now. Hey, I came in here because I got to use the bathroom area. If anything, you should leave. I am nude. So that's not going to happen. I'm shirtless. I'm, I've been holding out my shirt this whole time. Just buddy. Give me, give me a minute, buddy. Okay. Hey, who's my pup? Woof. Woof. 
Do it. All right, woof. Here we go. Right. Yeah, an alliance. <laughs> an iron-forged alliance. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Eddie, uh, also known as John, you're up. Yep. Okay. Okay. God damn it. Is this another vignette? <laughs> it's another vignette. Yeah, this... The subject is suspicions. Ooh, suspicions. Oh, is that, or is that a nine? It's a nine. It was a nine, I believe. That's actually tough decisions. Ooh. Tough decisions. Tough decisions vignette. So I'm picking two characters. Should uh, I have a scene together? Vi- vignette is the ah, abstract ah, environmental it's, 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 builder. Tough Lord. decisions. So, okay. I want to see. Uh, I just, I want to hear, I should say, I always say, mm-hmm. I want to hear, I should say, a description of Bart, uh, by himself. He, he's in a, a dressing room, uh, that he shouldn't be in. And I just want to hear a description of what, what that's like. Sophia Vergara is a character on Nuts and Bolts. Oh, like sure. playing herself. Uh, Holy crap. Yeah. What one of the first episodes was going to be a guest star episode where Sofia Vergara came to inspect the factory as Sofia Vergara. Mm-hmm. It was sort of a contrite, uh, like work of the network to make this new sitcom work. But, uh, right now she has a dressing room on set. Well, she, that the plan was early on that she was going to be a guest star, but of course she had the bowling ball. Thrown in her, her face, foot. so it's she's coming at a later date. As has been like she's got to come back after some some recovery. But I, I apologize. Please continue. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so Bart is is in this dressing room, kind of perusing around for anything that sticks out as something he can maybe take as a as a souvenir um, <laughs> for uh, Sophia. Um, something he's gotten pretty lonely um quarantined uh so he needs um some help uh to to feel uh everybody good. everybody in the world knows what you're talking about yeah, yeah. <laughs> you sick freak <laughs> uh so he um he's he's kind of like uh at this point he's not even trying to be um nice or like uh organized about it mm-hmm. just like throwing things around looking for something uh that he can hold on to and he eventually um sees uh on the table uh this this used spoon um from a, a bowl of of milk pudding that Sophia had been eating um <laughs> uh, and he take grabs the spoon and then scurries out of the dressing room <laughs> with it tucked in his pocket his back pocket pocket okay pocket pocket uh okay uh i i think w- what we should do is probably have like each character have sort of a tough decisions moment uh i think that would be fun um so we've got jeff uh who's in his office he's looking at his skin He's trying to determine if he's infected or merely sunburnt. He had just been at the beach in his palatial mansion, which Jeff Jeff Franklin has, if there's any justice in this world, um, the day before coming to set. So he's trying to figure it out. 
Um, and he also has uh, one of the kitchen knives that's from the kitchen scene in the set. He's looking at his hand, um, and he uh, looks at a picture that's a cast picture of, of Full House, the entire cast of Full House, signed by all the actors with, uh, we love you, Jeff, stay healthy and safe. Uh and looking at that picture, he summons up tremendous courage within himself. He looks at his hand, he raises the knife, and it classily cuts away before anything Ooh. happens. Ooh. Okay, meanwhile, Eddie is at the southern end of the warehouse, far, far from where the set has been constructed. <laughs> and he is he's peering out a sort of greased... Uh, disgusting window that he himself made greased and disgusting because it's a newly renovated warehouse, but he himself is just like pawing the panes and he's just, he's very slick and he detritus. He's very he's just, oily. Yeah, he's, he's very, very oily, oily and he's just sort of like, he carries with him, uh, dirt and decay. Mm-hmm. He's not sick though. And he's looking through this window and, uh, to his right is this large, uh, sliding door, uh, that trucks could come through. And he notices that this uh, this big tanker truck is approaching uh, the warehouse at its southern end, and he's he's very excited. He's sort of like bouncing on his toes, and he notices that th- these hooded figures are descending upon the the tanker truck, and uh, this is right after the truck has been uh, parked, and they they rip the driver to shreds. They they <laughs> oh my just God. they murder him. And the the trash can lid is being beaten mercilessly this entire time, and his instinct is to is to go outside. But there's something about uh, the visceral thrill of seeing this violent orgy that sort of uh, uh, pleases him at the same time. And so, like he he initially reached for the handle of the sliding door, but at this at the end of the day, he he just watched this happen, and so now there's just this. Uh, this truck sitting outside and there's just sort of gore and viscera and the, 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 the hooded figures have, have gone away. They've, they've just got, abandoned mm-hmm. the truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's a truck nearby with guns. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, uh, we'll move on to the next scene, which is finally we have an interrogation. Ooh. Um, so I think, and it's a, queen interrogation so this is an internal conflict interrogation uh and we discussed interrogations can take a lot of forms in this system uh they can be one character interrogating another character um so we could do something like that uh, but we also discussed sometimes uh interrogations in this game are just people out of the game asking somebody who's in character what's going on with their character's psyche. Um, and I wanted to turn to Bart uh, and I, I want to ask a question. I want to ask Bart a question. Okay. So, uh, Bart, uh, what what were you going for with uh, throwing the bowling ball at Sofia Vergara? Well, to be honest, I, I don't have a lot of experience with uh, flirting and... Um, kind of connecting with with women mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and the only mm-hmm. thing i can really fall back on is that instinct of like when i was younger you would see like 
the guy's kind of bullying the girls as like a form of affection. Would you see that? Where would you see that? Um, at school, you know, you see like the boys like pinching the girls or giving them noogies. And, and, and you call that bowling? Bullying. Bullying. Oh, yeah. bullying. Um, and so your thought was yeah. to just take that to the next to, level to, um, to make yourself a standout. I think uh, in that moment, I was so kind of caught up in Sophia's face. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize exactly what I was holding. I right. just thought it would be a fun little trick to, to throw it. I threw um, it at her. I threw it at her and face. You threw it. You threw it at her face. And luckily, you only you only hit your foot. So, are you still sort of holding out hope that after this whole experience is over with the uh, with Brown Betty, that uh, things will go back to normal and there's still a chance for something between you and Sophia? I'm hoping. I mean, we now have something to talk about. <laughs> is that is that that you attacked her or that oh you know that 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 funny accidents happen and it seems like that would have been ripped just out of an episode of modern family right and i love modern family and i love her i love her <laughs> i love i love her <laughs> all right that's perfect um and we'll move on. This is the final round of scenes before we get to the big finale. Which And with that, Brandon? Oh, it is a Little three vignette. of clubs. Another goddamn vignette. <laughs> this is unbelievable. And organization is the... I would, lo- I would love to see these... Uh... And it was organization. Organization. I would love to see there's, there's, now we're starting to see that there's these two factions within the, the warehouse. Mm-hmm. We see, uh, I want to see Jeff, uh, I want to hear like kind of Je- how Jeff is kind of rallying the people, mm-hmm. um, talking about distributing rations, things like that. And then we also see, um, Eddie, uh, kind of gathering a group of maybe more misfit type characters. Uh, to talk about going out and getting the guns from the truck. Okay. Um, that are out there. Uh, and then Bart kind of not belonging in either faction. So, uh, Jeff has a, he, he's, uh, sewed up, uh, his stump that he cut off earlier. And, uh, he has taken, one of the one of the rakes from the garage set, and he now sort of has bent that into a makeshift hand for himself. Um, and he walks into the writer's room as the writers are, you know, still trapped in this warehouse too. They they all had to be here early. Hey, everybody! Uh, look, I know we've had a long day, a long couple of days. It's real tough. I'm so proud of most of you. I think we've produced some of our best work while in this quarantine. I just want to thank everybody for their commitment to nuts and bolts during this time of tragedy. With that said, there are roving bands of mutant lunatics that are outside the warehouse. They've been sweeping from warehouse to warehouse. It's only a matter of time before we get in here. They get in here. So I just want everybody to remember that I think of you guys like a family. 
And this is my family. And in families, we have safety in numbers. Uh, can, can we, uh, we have one of these people that have mm-hmm. kind of broken off from your little speech. Right. Uh, and they come up and they raise up this bloody shirt, this nuts and bolts shirt they had found in your office. And they start like accusing you of, of foul play. Um, and, uh, they all start to kind of, those, these murmurs start to spread. Listen, 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 please, please, everybody, everybody. I know this, this is from? a scary time. I recently had to cut off my hand because I fear the brown Betty infection. What? Now, ah. We all know that it slows the infection if you're able to have surgery to remove the affected area. Lifestyle. Without a doctor... I had to do it myself. I just advised nobody to touch me or touch any of the things that I was touching uh, and just stay safe. The most important thing to, to, to me for all of you is that you all stay safe because I love you all so much. Falsehoods. <laughs> Mendacity. Yeah, and we cut over to, to uh, Eddie, Eddie Dozer sitting in front of his like little area of uh, teamster misfit freaks he's, he's carving something during this <laughs> falsehoods mendacity a third word this is all nonsense nonsense in wives tales that t-shirt ladies and germs is not covered in jeffy's blood oh no 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 i direct your attention to exhibits a through k eddie lifts his sleeves, and we see just scars up and down his arms. <laughs> that blood belongs to me. Jeffy has the brown Betty, ladies and gentlemen, and he's obsessed. He's obsessed with trying to find a cure. He's been bleeding me dry, <laughs> using my trust, using my love for him, my Jeffy, my pup. He's been trying to destroy me to find a cure. And why is that, ladies and gentlemen? I'll tell you that right now. He himself is a member of that trash can banging goddamn <gasps> mutant horde. He made a deal with that cult long ago that if he joined up with their ranks, they would bring back his wife and make his goddamn fake daughter real. He's a maniac, I tell you. He's deluded, racked with dreams and nightmares that you can never imagine. But I have heard his ramblings, ladies and gentlemen, and I say that we go outside we get the guns from the tanker truck. We bring them back in, and we put bullets in Jeff and also Bot. We also put what? bullets in Bot. <laughs> we make him a bullet bag, just a bag full of fleshy bullets. That's what I say. Woof. Woof. Camp down races. Sing this song. Do-da. Do-da. Camp down races five miles long. Oh, do-do-do-da day. Woof. Okay, and with that, we we get our first oh. ensemble scene. Uh, this is right before the big finale, and the theme of this is air, food, and water. Uh, so I think it's pretty clear. <laughs> You've got some factions uh, that are moving. Uh, the doors, like this is a warehouse. Obviously, they have gigantic doors that you sort of roll back to to let in trucks and whatnot for unloading 
and the Teamster faction opens up these doors. The blistering hot sun uh, floods throughout the warehouse. Um, Everyone squints because they haven't like, seen the sun in quite some time. Jeff, who is standing in front of the writer's table, is, you know, like sort of lo- looking out. What in God's name is going on there? Um, and uh, you, there's the chanting. The, the woofs are going out to the truck. Oh my God, the... We, we, we gotta stop them, everybody. We, we have to stop them. They're, they're gonna attract the, the, the trash can banging mutants. We gotta, we gotta go. And everybody's like, sort of, doesn't, doesn't know what to do. They're suspiciously looking at Jeff. With uh, his rake hand. <laughs> with his rake hand. Uh, Bart, where are you in all this? Cause this is going to turn into an ensemble. So we're all gonna be in this mm-hmm. somewhere. Uh, Bart, uh, feeling, I think supremely guilty now for kind of planting that shirt that uh, Eddie had him do um, is kind of in the corner by the box of the rations, kind of massaging this spoon that he has <laughs> taken and um, just kind of rocking in it, kind of racked by guilt and grief. Okay. So Jeff is going to go out uh, to Eddie's group Um and he's just sort of like walking out alone. He's told the writers to stay behind him. He's holding his arms out, his rake hand in one arm. And uh, it's like, Dozer, Eddie, this is Jeff Franklin. I prefer Dozer. All right, Dozer. Uh, why don't you step back inside the warehouse and we'll prepare for the siege that we're obviously going to suffer because the doors have opened and we've exposed ourselves to mutants. So, uh... A five-mile-long journey is not accomplished by going backwards, Jeffy. We're it's, not going five miles anywhere. I just want everybody figurative. on the set to know that we're, nobody's going anywhere. We're all going to stay here like the CDC ordered us. Yeah. Stay with you. Stay with you and your gross right can and your bloody stump and your allegiance to the mutants. Why would you be concerned about our safety when in secret... You yearn for your brothers and sisters of the mutant horde. Okay, that makes very little sense. We all know I've been in this building. I've had very little private time apart from time in the bathroom that everybody spends. Our lives didn't begin with the warehouse, Jeffy. We all had stories before we came into that warehouse. So you believe that I have been part of a mute, a roving mutant horde? Your wife died. And then you had a mental breakdown trying to create a new character for your stupid, insipid sitcom, Full House. You were a maniac. You would have done anything to get your best desires. Isn't that true? Right, perhaps I haven't been fully emotionally honest with everybody. Oh. My wife did die, and that became Full House. Does anyone know how to put bullets in this gun? <laughs> and out of that tragedy was born a sitcom that brought all of America together. Some. Uh, and it taught us all to love. Some. Eddie. Oh, thank you. Have you seen... My gun has bullets in it now. Ha <laughs> ha. An episode of Full House? I believe I saw the one where the Beach Boys came to the Tanner house and they sang a couple songs. I found it to be mildly amusing at best. <laughs> we see, as he says, mildly amusing at best, the barrel of a gun on the back of his head oh. as Whoops. bart tanner has come out with a loaded gun bart that he took from the 
from the uh, body, the tanker. Body, baby. Well, no, Bart. Oh gosh. Oh, Bart. Body, booby. No more lies. Body. Come on now. You know that was just a joke about a bag full of bullets. Okay, let's let's relax, Bart and and Dozer. There's no need for this to come to blows. I feel like we're all very tense right now. Buddy, listen to the man with the right hand. I don't listen to anybody anymore except me. And if Sophia was here, and then suddenly, we see the hooded figures approach with the trash can, and literally as Bart exclaims that statement we hear one of them cry out it's this sort of like garbled a sort of like uh, damaged tissue yell and the hooded figure in the front of the line throws back the hood and it is none other than the bowling ball damaged Sophia, Sophia Vergara and she holds out her hand as if to say no no Bart no but we of course we can't interpret what she's saying because <laughs> her throat had a bowling ball smashed into it and uh it's just sort of garbled and she is way tanner than she used to be Uh oh oh no bart bart removes the the barrel of the gun from the side of of dozer's head and points it at the mutants trembling okay <laughs> sophia She's a she's a monster. Buddy, that's the woman you love. That's the woman you love. When you love someone, you're supposed to do it in sickness and in health, body. Put the gun down, body. Okay, obviously you shouldn't put the gun down. They are mutants. Uh Sophia Vigara has been leading a band of cannibalistic people who are infecting other people with Brown Betty. Obviously, that's not a safe idea to put the gun down. Just keep it up for protection. You don't have to shoot anybody. I think you should put the gun down so I can pick the gun up. Okay, that's... Don't listen to Jeffy. He already has he his own gun. He already has his own gun. Listen he doesn't need another gun. Because I'm singing a song. <laughs> I'm not singing a song. I'm talking very clear. Clearly and rationally to you, please don't. Bang! <laughs> In slow motion. Yeah, we see the bullet flying through the air. And it separates because it's a shotgun. <laughs> oh, man! And so there's a, a field of, uh, there's a range of mm-hmm. damage here. And part of that bullet spray goes into Eddie's right arm. And he falls to... One knee. They, but Bar- I should say, Barty and yeah. uh, and Eddie were standing on top of the tanker truck, right? And they were looking down on everyone else. And the rest of it goes toward the mutant horde, uh, who vanishes before they're touched in a in a plume of of choking gray smoke. That was awfully quick. <laughs> they move incredibly fast. I was. I'm very frightened right now. <laughs> And then suddenly there's this there's this sort of ultrasonic humming. There's this there's this humming sound that sort of brings everyone uh, an immense an immense pain. Everyone oh, oh, my head. And uh Jeff points his rake hand towards the warehouse and uh exclaims a, a statement of, of safety, a, a rallying statement. Safety in numbers. 
<laughs> is Safety what he might say. Safety in numbers. There it is. Safety in numbers. Everybody get together. And everyone, everyone does. Uh, 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 and specifically, Eddie jumps into the tanker truck, drives it into the warehouse. And they slide the doors closed. And uh, everyone uh, is inside the warehouse at that time. Uh, so in the warehouse, uh, the, the the sounds of people just running all over, like the tin and aluminum siding of the warehouse. All right. So is, is this the finale? This is the finale. Oh. So we are uh, clearly surrounded by mutant monsters, uh, including, but obviously not limited to, Sofia Vergara. Uh, I am not sure, but I think I saw the rest of the cast of Modern Family with her. Manny? Was Manny there? I think Manny's the one that I saw. Oh, that little chub chub. That actor has a name, but I do not recall it at this time. Is it not Manny? <laughs> oh. There's a difference between fiction and reality. Oh. And uh, we see that um, Bart has gone back to his corner. And also... And, oh, please. Continue. And has taken the spoon out of his pocket and is kind of looking into the the spoon and in the reflection of the spoon. He sees that half of his face is a little bit tanner Uh-oh. than it was before. And uh, Eddie's Eddie's last moment is in his periphery as he's sort of trying to get his, you know, his teamster group back together because he's, he's still obsessed with, with that alliance. He, he feels like in his periphery that he notices uh, what, what could potentially be in his mind uh, one of the, the mutants in their rags. Uh, it's a very small, small mutant, and it, it's sort of, it's like a shadow. It sort of scurries behind a pile of nuts and bolts t-shirts, and then Eddie thinks to himself, no, no, can't be. No, no, I'm going to have some milk pudding. We see Jeff, who's sort of like commanding his writers into a sort of Spartan phalanx formation, uh, uh, leading a charge against these mutant hordes that are now pouring in. Um, the battle is long and difficult and many writers die and fall. Um, easily. They, oh yeah, very easily. The writers. <laughs> but they, but uh, banding together under Jeff's direction, uh, a small inner core of people are fine. Um, and so they go, they step outside of the warehouse and the sun is setting. Um, and in the sunset, uh, the Arizona sunset, you can see red and blue lights of CDC helicopters coming in to rescue the survivors. Uh, Jeff looks around at uh, the people who managed to survive the fight and they all get in for a group hug. But as Jeff like uh, lets people go from the hug... An arrow flies from the from the top of the building and strikes him through the heart. And the writers gather around him. He's bleeding out on the ground. And he sees... He's, he, he, we go into his mind and uh, beautiful white light has come over him. And he can see his wife's face. And he runs towards her. And it, everything becomes more and more clear. And... Bob Saget is here, and the Olsen twins are here. 
Everyone's here. And they all say, we love you, Jeff. Welcome home. Everywhere you look, there's a heart, there's a heart, a hand to hold on to. Everywhere you look, when you're lost out there and you're all alone. This is Eddie singing to Jeff. As he's dying. He's waiting. To carry you home. I loved and hated you. Everywhere you look. Burn out. <laughs> All right, guys. That was great. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Well, heroes, that's it for this week. If you liked Protocol, be sure to look it up on Jim Pinto's website, which we'll be linking to in the show notes. And if you want to check out the Full House podcast, which I will be a guest on eventually when I get a chance to record it, you can also check out a link to them in the show notes as well. Heroes, be sure to join us next week on Wednesday, September 17th for the launch of our Feng Shui 2 series. We got Kat Murphy, John Patrick Cohen, and Chris Sims to reprise their roles in an action-packed sequel to our first Feng Shui series. The sequel is bigger, badder, with more Feng Shui lore and your first chance to get a look at the new system before it comes out. Once again, be on the lookout for our new Feng Shui series and the Feng Shui 2 Kickstarter on Wednesday, September 17th. One Shot is a Peaches and Hot Sauce production. Peaches and Hot Sauce is a Chicago-based comedy network with tons of great articles, videos, and podcasts for you to enjoy at peachesandhotsauce.com. Finally, that music, which is right now swelling up over my voice, is Be Your Own Pet with Adventure, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes! Adventure.